today. I'm excited about this morning. You know, many people say that following Jesus demands mindless following. I've heard people say that, that Christianity is a brainless religion, that when you come to church, you just check your brain at the door and you just believe anything they say. Well, that's not true. Because the Apostle Paul says in Romans 12 too, let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. So don't leave your brain at the door. If you left your brain at the door today, you need to go back, pick it up, and we're going we're gonna to use it. So I want you to tell somebody around you, go get your brain and use it today. Come on, tell them that right now. Get your brain and use it today because we're, we're going to think and we're going to use it today. I want to talk to you today about prayer. Specifically, I want to talk about how all too often we think prayer is the way to get things from God. You want to get that down on your outline. We think that prayer is the way to get things from God. So many people get this idea from passages in the Bible. In fact, things that Jesus said. They read things like this. Jesus says, ask and God will give it to you. Or they read where Jesus said, if two of you agree concerning anything you ask, my Father in heaven will do it for you. And so we begin to think that prayer is the way to get things from God. Now, right up front, I want you to realize that in no way am I saying that it is wrong to ask for what we need in life. I I believe that we should, but... I think there is a bigger purpose to prayer. That's what this whole 40-day series is about. There's a bigger purpose to prayer. Friends, God never intends for prayer to be our way of placing an order with him. In fact, Jesus teaches that, that if you pray for what you need in life, listen, If you're a person who focuses only on praying for what you need in life, Jesus says that is the simplest, most basic kind of praying you can do. I believe that Jesus calls us to a bigger purpose for prayer. In fact, I'm going to give you a a mind-blowing truth. I think it's, it's based on trust. I believe that Jesus says, We don't need to ask for what we need in life. Take a look. Jesus says in Matthew 6, 8, your father knows exactly what you need before you ask him. Now, I don't know if you've ever read that verse before, but I've read that thousands of times. And and it always, it gets confusing to me because in the same chapter in Matthew 6, Jesus says, ask and God will give it to you. You should ask for these things. In fact, we're going to see in just a minute, Jesus even says, pray that God would give you your daily bread, right? But then you come across verse 8, and Jesus says, your father knows exactly what you need before you ask him. Now, maybe it's just me, but my brain starts clicking around, and I told you to get your brain in gear today, because we're going to think. My brain starts clicking around, and I think, wait, okay, if he already knows what I need, then why do I need to ask him? Do you ever think that way? If, if God is God, then why do I need to ask him? See, when Jesus teaches followers how to pray, and if you don't know, Matthew 6 is all about this, where the, the disciples were saying, Lord, teach us to pray. And he goes, okay, let me teach you how to pray. And it goes into what we know as the Lord's Prayer. Notice, I want you to notice 
that asking for our needs to be met is pretty far down the list. I mean, I don't know if you know the Lord's Prayer. If you've ever heard it quoted, if you ever heard it sung, if you ever heard it read at a wedding or a funeral or anything like that. I mean, Matthew 6, 9 says this. Jesus says, our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need. So Jesus teaches us to pray, give us today the food we need. It's obviously not wrong to ask for those things, but Jesus says that it should be outranked with other focuses. I mean, look at what he says, you know, before he says that, you know, you should focus on making God's name holy, that, that it should be revered. He, you know, that, that you're asking for God's kingdom to come. You're asking for God's will to come. So, so you're honoring God. You're focusing on God's kingdom. You're wanting God's will in your lives and on the earth. And here is a really big thought for us to consider, so I want you to write it down. Here it is. What if Jesus is saying that I should trust God to provide what I need in my life without asking? Wow. Right? For some of us that have been in church for a while, this is a crazy thought. I'll, I'll be honest with you. When I was writing this stuff down on my notes a couple of weeks ago, I said this to God. I said, God, this is crazy. Trusting God to provide what I need in my life without asking. Listen, I, I believe that it is very easy for God to meet your needs in life. You may believe that too. I, I really believe that. God is all-powerful. He's all-knowing. He has unlimited resources. It would be so easy for God to provide everything you need without you even asking for it, but that isn't how it works. As I shared last week, nobody loves you as much as God loves you. And, and by using, you know, our Father in heaven, Jesus is teaching us that there's a relationship that you and I need to have with God, that it's supposed to be a close, intimate relationship, that God wants you to live in the experience of his love every day. And prayer is the chance for you to experience the presence of God. If there's a bigger purpose for prayer, that's it. It's, it's a chance for you and I to experience the realness of God. To be aware of who he is. To be aware of what he can do in our lives. God, God wants us to live in the experience of his love for us. So if God met your needs without engaging you in the process, you would miss out on all this. You would miss out on experiencing him. And I think we'd come to a point where we'd begin to write things off as just a coincidence. Well, it just happened. And we would begin to deflect that and not give God recognition and acknowledgement for the fact that he is doing things in our lives. We'd become so callous to this that we would neglect God in the process. And so I think that we would come to a point of missing all that God wants to do in our lives. Because, friends, all that he wants to do in your life 
is be in a relationship with you. I mean, why do you think Jesus came to show you who God was, what he was like? Why do you think Jesus died to make a way for you to have a relationship with God? Why do you think Jesus came back to life and rose from the dead? It's so that he can take you there and show you that you can have this relationship with God. It's all about having a relationship with God. So I believe that prayer is where I see my need and I recognize God's supply. That's why we wanted to teach that new song today. That phrase, I'm not enough unless you come. Oh, man. That's it, isn't it? My need, his supply. God wants me to know that he cares about every detail of my life. He cares about every detail of your life. Everything that's going on, he knows, he cares. So where do I get this crazy idea that I should trust God to provide what I need in my life without asking? Well, if you remember, Jesus is teaching that your father knows what you need before you ask him. Remember that? And he continues to teach about prayer in the same chapter. Take a look, just a few verses later, Jesus says... I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Stop. <laughs> How many of you would say, <laughs> that doesn't happen too much? <laughs> How many of you would say, I worry about everyday, I'm not looking for a show of hands, all right, so just keep them down. You can nudge the person next to you and say, hey, that's you. But um, how many of you worry about everyday life like I do? I, yeah, we do, right? We do. And Jesus is saying, don't worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food and drink and enough clothes to wear. Jesus says, look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Oh, wow, that's a big question. Jesus continues, look at the lilies of the field. They don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Here's the question, the big ask. Jesus says, why do you have so little faith? What's he saying? Why don't you trust God? Wow. Why do you worry so much about your everyday needs? <laughs> if, if you matter to your heavenly Father, if God not only knows your needs but cares about your life, why do you worry so much about your everyday stuff? When we use prayer simply as a means of getting things from God, that we will never experience how much our Heavenly Father cares about who we are, cares about the details of our lives. Quite interestingly, in Jesus' teaching in Matthew 6, he mentions a particular person. Did you catch it by chance? He mentions Solomon. Now, this may mean nothing to you, but it means loads to me because this year, around Christmas time, the beginning of Christmas time, coming into this year, 
I started into my personal study of 1 Kings. I already studied King David and his life through 1 Samuel and 2 Samuel, and I started into 1 Kings. And if you read the first couple of chapters of 1 Kings, it is the transition of power from King David, who is passing away, and he is appointing his son, guess who? Solomon, as the next king of Israel. And Solomon was a completely different ruler than his dad, David. And there's a scenario where God speaks to Solomon. And it was this scenario in this passage that God has been talking to me for about the last six weeks. And this week, I felt like God said, connect them. Now, that doesn't mean anything to you, but for me, I know exactly what that means. He was wanting me to connect Matthew 6 with 1 Kings 3. And you'll see in just a minute why we're doing this. We're talking about God knows our needs before we even ask for them, right? That why would we even need to ask that possibly Jesus is saying, don't even ask for what you need. Trust him. And we go into this situation where God speaks to Solomon. Take a look. 1 Kings 3 verse 5. The Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream and God said, What do you want? What's this next word? Ask. Hmm. Ask, and I will give it to you. Hey, so so think about this. Solomon is David's son, but he wasn't David's only son or even his oldest son. And yet he finds himself as the newly appointed king of the entire nation of Israel. And, And granted, Solomon was born into privilege, But he was not the product of a healthy family. He was the product of a very dysfunctional, complicated family. If you know anything about the story, Solomon was the son of Bathsheba. Anybody know that name? I always remember that name from when I was a little child. I remember being taught this story that David saw Bathsheba bathing. She was in the bathtub. You get it? And so I always remember that Bathsheba was in the bathtub. And that's the woman that David saw. And because he saw her, he wanted her. And now we know why, you know, the kids are upstairs and we adults are in this room. Because things took place between the man and the woman, right? And we know that David took Bathsheba, who was the wife of another man, committed adultery with her, and then he went on to have her husband, Uriah, killed, murdered. So David was not only an adulterer, he was a murderer. This was Solomon's parents. Wow. So David's oldest son, Amnon, raped his half-sister and then was killed by a half-brother in revenge. And Absalom, David's second son, attempted to lead a revolt and overthrow the throne, but he was later killed in the process. And then when David got older, his next son, Adonijah, attempted a coup to claim the throne, and Solomon was appointed and anointed as the next king while this coup was going on. And now, I don't know about you, but I feel so much better about my family. Right? That was crazy family life. I like to point all this out about Solomon because it helps us realize where he comes from and such a messed up background. 
And yet, God says to him, what do you want? Ask and it'll be given to you. Can you imagine God saying that to you? This is a blank check, friends. This is God saying, anything you want, ask. Wow. Now, I don't know about you, but I have some things I would ask for. I'm not going to tell you those because you might see a whole other side of Bart. But you know what I'm talking about, right? You probably have things that you would ask for too. And yet, look at what Solomon says. You showed great and faithful love to your servant, my father, because he was faithful to you. And you have continued to show this great love to him by giving him a son to sit on his throne. So, so Solomon is recognizing the faithfulness of God, and this is the part that I love. Then he humbles himself and he says, oh Lord my God, you have made me king, but I am like a little child who doesn't know his way around. Here I am in the midst of your own chosen people, a nation so great and numerous, they cannot be counted. Keep in mind, at this point, the nation of Israel was a ruling world power in ancient days. They were the place. that They were the power. They were the authority. And Solomon finds himself now as king. And he's, I, this is overwhelming, God that you would put me in this place, that I would face these things, that I would feel these feelings, that I would deal with these people, that you have put me in this place, hang on, in this job, in this family. Hmm. Do you ever feel that way? Hmm. Solomon realizes that God called him to be king. So he realizes God's purpose for his life. But Solomon also realizes how big this task is. <laughs> he realizes that he is so inadequate. Remember the words, I'm not enough. I'm not enough. God has given him this task and he feels so inadequate. So he realizes his purpose. He realizes God's call. And then he realizes his need. And look at what Solomon says. Give me an understanding heart so I can govern your people well and know the difference between right and wrong. There's so much of Solomon's heart that's, that's shown here. Can you circle a couple of words? Circle the words understanding heart on your outline. Circle that if you don't mind. This, this is a Hebrew word, actually. It's not a phrase. It's two words that it refers to a hearing heart. A hearing heart. So we, we read it in the English as understanding, but, but through the translation and really transliteration, we kind of lose some meaning. The Hebrew, in the original Hebrew, it's talking about a hearing heart. It's a, it's a heart that is, is in tune with what God is saying and hearing the voice of God. Solomon knew that it was God's plan for him to lead God's people, and he knew that he had to have the ability to know right from wrong. He, know, he knows that he needs to hear God. He needed to listen to God, and what grabs me the most is that he's praying for this kind of heart, a hearing heart. Then there's two other words I want you to 
circle. It's your people. Your people. You know why I have you circle those words? Because he's not praying for himself. Don't miss this. He's praying for God's people. He's, he's saying, I realize that it is vitally important that you would give me the ability to lead your people because your people is what's important. Your calling in my life, your purpose in my life is what's most important. Solomon wasn't asking for what he wanted. He was asking to accomplish God's plan for God's people. 1 Kings 3.9, Solomon finishes it off. He says, for who by himself is able to govern this great people of yours? Solomon was so focused on God's plan and God's people, which was God's purpose for his life. He never had a me focus. He never had a me attitude. He never focused on himself. Solomon never focused on me. He focused on God's plan, God's purpose for his life. You know, every day we make decisions, we take actions, we, we live our, our lives, and we, we either focus on ourselves or we focus on God's plan or other people. It's always those choices whether you realize it or not. If you are a follower of Jesus in this room, it really applies to you. That, that we would focus either on ourselves or on God's plan and God's people. And because Solomon focused on God's plan and God's people, look at verse 10. The Lord was what? Pleased. The Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for this. Wow. This reminds me of something that the Apostle John wrote. John says, we are confident that he hears us whenever we ask for anything that pleases him. And we also know that he will give us what we ask for. God was pleased with Solomon because he, he didn't have a me focus. And so take a look at what God does. God says, because you have asked for wisdom in governing, leading my people with justice and have not asked for a long life or not asked for wealth or not asked for the death of your enemies. You haven't asked for anything for yourself, Solomon. I will give you what you asked for. I will give you wise and un a wise and understanding heart so as no one else has had and ever will have. And I will also give you what you did not ask for. Riches and fame, no other king in all the world will be, compared, uh, will be compared to you for the rest of your life. And then in 1 Kings 4, take a look at this. Solomon ruled over all the kingdoms from the Euphrates River to the land of the Philistines and to the border of Egypt. The conquered peoples of those lands sent tribute money to Solomon and continued to serve him throughout his lifetime. Now, I challenge you, go home and Google how much did Solomon have? Or how much riches? How rich was Solomon? Okay, I did it. And you will discover historical records, resources, that Solomon received tribute from the other kingdoms of over 25 
tons of gold every year. You say, wow, that's a lot. You have no idea how much that is, do you? Unless you watch the gold market. Let me give you an idea. In today's values, that's over $934 million a year that he is receiving from other nations. Would you say he was wealthy? Uh, yeah. Okay. Researchers say that because this occurred over his lifetime and his reign of 40 years, hang on, his fortune increased to 2.2 trillion, with a T, trillion dollars. And if you will look up the world's richest people, you will find that King Solomon is listed as number one even today. Hmm. Richest man in the world. Did he ask for it? See, we read that God gave Solomon great wisdom and understanding. His wisdom exceeded that of all the wise men in the east and the wise men in Egypt. His fame spread throughout all the surrounding nations. He composed 3,000 proverbs and wrote 1,005 songs. Wow. You know anything about music? That's a lot of songs, man. He could speak with authority about all kinds of plants. He could also speak about animals, birds, small creatures, and fish. Kings from every nation, not some nations, every nation sent ambassadors to listen to the wisdom of Solomon. Hmm. Because Solomon's focus was on God's purposes. God gave him the ability not only to lead his people, but God gave Solomon everything else. And this brings us back to what Jesus was teaching in Matthew 6. Take a look. Jesus says, so don't worry about these things. Saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Sound familiar? That's what we've been talking about. Look what he says. Jesus says, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. And he will give you everything you need. So Jesus says, seek the kingdom of God first priority above everything else live in right relationship with him that's what it says live righteously when jesus says that live in right relationship with god seek the kingdom of god above everything else live in right relationship with god and god will give you everything you need so we come full circle to that thought huh i should be praying you should be praying, get this down, I should be praying for something else other than my needs. My needs, if I trust God, are taken care of. Now we're getting to what prayer is really all about. We're going to unpack it in the next several weeks and continue to pull this out so that we can see it. 
But this forces us to ask ourselves a question today, and this is what I want you to leave with. How much do I trust God to give me what I need? How much do I trust God to give me what I need? If you want to, if you're really daring, and you want to risk it all, you could add two more words to that. Without asking. How much do I trust God to give me what I need without asking? You know, in the Gospels, Jesus taught that anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. You may have heard this before. In fact, it's It's so important that the gospel writers included it three different times. Luke chapter 18, Matthew chapter 18, and then our passage, Mark 10. Jesus is saying that that we must receive the, the kingdom of God, the purposes of God, the plan of God, the will of God. We must receive the kingdom of God like a little child. Now this week I was thinking about trust. How much trust do I have in God? Do I trust him to meet my needs? And I began to think about a little child. I mean, think about it. Little kids trust us. They don't don't worry about their needs being met. Right? I mean, come on. A little boy doesn't wake up worried that he won't have food to eat. He's just coming into the kitchen knowing that that bowl of cereal is waiting on him. A, A little girl doesn't worry herself sick that she doesn't have clothes to wear. No. They trust, a little child trusts their mom or dad or grandma or grandpa or guardian or caregiver, whoever's providing for them. A little child trusts their caregiver to provide what they need, right? How much do I trust God? Am I like a little child? How much do I trust God to give me what I need? Would you bow your heads with me today?